0: But I have a question for you. Are you still friends with, with some of the people from junior high? Yep, you, you have friends from junior high still? What about, what about high school? What, what about maybe, maybe college or life? You, you got some friends that kind of stick around, a group of people that, that you, you, you gather with. I think friendships can, they can last a semester, they can last a lifetime, but they all have this level of trust and vulnerability and even intimacy. And it, and it doesn't take long for that friendship to begin to influence you. Begin to shape me. it helps, it, it kind of has some influence over the way you think. It starts to shape those things in your life, both good and bad. The Bible says that bad company corrupts good character. We're not, not going to talk about that. I've just given that to you as a bonus, you know what I mean? So, but there's a correlation. There's a correlation between the, those identity factors that, that we now live out, our reactions. And James talks about some of these things here. He has a response to some of this. If you would, turn your Bibles to. We're going to jump right in this morning. Or turn your Bibles on or, or look at the screen. We've got some, some U uh, version notes there. If you scan the QR code in front of you, you can find those. Um, to, to what he's talking about. And again, Tim Mackey said this about, about the book of James. James wants to get in your business and challenge the way you live. I love that. I love that because naturally, I'm, at heart, I'm a coach. And so I'm, I'm all about challenging people to rise to the occasion. And I love challenging the church every Sunday that I get to speak on, on who God is calling us to be because I believe that there's more. You believe that with me? All right, I love it. And so, and so there's, there's just incredible evidence of, of, of all that these past few weeks of James challenging us, getting into our business, get, exposing us to what the, tr- the, the truth of the word of God, and challenging us to live life a different way. So James here, is, he's calling the Messianic community to become truly wise, and he's, he's speaking directly to the first century church here. And, and he's calling them to, to elevate, to, to live in accordance to Jesus' summary of the Torah, which is love God and love your neighbor as yourself. You ready for some scripture this morning? Yes. Come on, let's jump in. James 4, the Bible says this. What leads to the unending quarrels and conflicts among you? I want you to, want you to notice here as we, as we read the, 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 the select verbiage that, that James is, is using and he's talking to. Do they, do they not come from your hedonistic desires that wage war in your body, members, fighting for control over you? you? You're jealous and covet what others have and your lust goes unfulfilled so you murder. You are envious and cannot obtain the object of your envy so you fight and battle. You do not have because you do not ask it of God. You see in a little bit of it, huh? You ask God for something and don't do not receive it because you ask with wrong motives, out of selfish or with an unrighteous agenda, so that when you get what you want, you may spend it it spend it on your hedonistic desires. You adulteresses disloyal sinners flirting with the world by breaking your vow to God. Do you not know that being the the world's friend that is loving the things of the world is being God's enemy? So whoever chooses to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or, Or do you think that the scripture says to no purpose that the human spirit which he has made to dwell in us lusts with envy but he gives us more and more grace through the power of the Holy Spirit to defy sin and live an obedient life that reflects both our faith and our gratitude for our salvation. Therefore, it says God is opposed to the proud and haughty, but continually gives the gift of grace to the humble who turn away from self-righteousness. So submit to the authority of God, resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. Come close to God with a contrite heart, and he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your unfaithful hearts, you double-minded people. Be miserable and grieve and weep over your sin. Let your foolish laughter be turned to mourning and your reckless joy to gloom. Humble yourselves with an attitude of repentance and and insignificance in the presence of the Lord and he will exalt you, he will lift you up, he will give you purpose. Father, we come before you, Lord, and we, we receive your word. Would it come and do what only the spirit can do in us? We yield to it fully. We ask you to lead us, Holy Spirit, we ask you to speak and for you to do the work that only you can do. To that we say yes and amen. I know some of you are probably thinking that that talk about tide don't sound too bad right now. <laughs> After reading that passage of scripture, uh, yeah, let's go back to that tide talk. You know what I mean? <laughs> but obviously James isn't holding back here from clearly calling out the culprits in the church and what's going on. And and I'm I'm convinced that it's because it's just too important to the believers of the first century church to mince words. And I believe it holds every bit of importance for us today. I don't know about you, but, but I like when, when if I'm doing something wrong, if, if, if I'm not thinking right, if, I, if I'm not going down the right way, I like, I like to be told, hey, 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 wake up, man. You, hey, that, that, that's wrong. You, you, you're going to get hurt. I worked in construction for, for many, many years, most of my, all of my life, honestly, and, and, and there, there, was, there was a reality that if you do things wrong in this world, that it could lead to some serious injury or possibly death. And it is a reality. I remember the statistic was back when I was working, 12 people across America would wake up and go to work in the morning and they wouldn't come home. And so if we're doing something wrong, I, man, I, I, man I, I, want, I want to yield to the scripture. And I want to know, God, would you lead me? Would you shape me? Would you help me? Because I, I, don't, I don't want to live a life that leads to death. I want to live a life that leads to life. Amen? And so the, the church that James is writing to, it, it's a selfish one. We can, we can see that. You, you, can, you can consider them just a bit consumer-driven with, with their, their ideology. Where each person wanted their own way and they, their own advantage. Because they, they had no intention of relenting to anyone. So they were co- constantly quarreling and bickering and, and fighting. May sound a bit familiar, huh? I thought so too. Should we pray again before we go any further? Should we just say another little word of prayer? <laughs> you know, if, if, if we're honest today, which we should be, we're in church. <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll recognize that, that we can be selfish. We can be. We can be selfish sometimes, can't we? It, it, and we can be a bit myopic and, and self-satisfying in our view of how it should be, how things should go, how things should happen what it should be like. And, and I, think, I think most definitely when we speak with each other and sometimes when we, we speak to God, sometimes we come before the Lord and we say, Lord, hey, I have these plans, they're great, I've already looked over them, man, would you just bless them so we can just kind of keep going here? Hey, Lord, you know what, if you would just give me and then, then I could, God, if you would just allow me to, then, you know, man, it would just be great. I, I know, I just, this is all I need, those prayers, they're filled with selfishness, selfishness and they're motivated by our own desires, by our pleasures, by our will. And, and, and those things, they, 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 they hurt us. They, they, they hinder us. Because scripture, it, it says that we use what God would bless us with. We just read that to, to, for the advancement of our own small little personal kingdoms. And James is pointing to the fact that self is the motivator for this first century church, and it's ugly. And as I've heard many, many, many times in, uh, said around me, God don't like ugly but it just spills out of us sometimes because right we get shaped by our past we get shaped by our present relationships we get shaped by those those relationships and experience that that we have we and we carry baggage in from those past experiences and that baggage directly influences how we react and how we treat people how we manipulate conversations and arguments and relationships to the extent that even our prayers begin to be cloaked and we pray through the filter of self-exaltation and self-preservation and self-fulfillment. And it's all about me and my. And we're led by our feelings. And it's all about making sure that my flesh is gratified. But church, I read in Galatians five twenty four where it says, "'Those who belong to Christ Jesus "'have crucified their flesh "'with its passions and desires.'" That's what it means to be marked by Christ, to walk in his will and his way, to yield to who God is calling us to be, to yield to his lordship. There's probably been, I presume that there's been a moment in your life where you received the free gift of salvation. You had a moment that you recognized you can't, that you weren't enough, that you, you couldn't do it on your own. And I'm, I'm, I'm at my wits end maybe. A moment was, that moment, what happened is you abdicated your little throne. <laughs> that If, if I can just clarify that, you abd- in that moment, you abdicated your small little throne and there was a coronation of the everlasting, the all-powerful throne of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords church. And we have to make sure that we understand that. And I think one of the hardest things that we do, the hardest things that we need to do is understand that our lifelong allegiance to that king, to that throne, is declared daily over and over and over and over again. Where we have to crucify ourselves and take up the, the marker of the son of God and take up our cross and submission to that and know that, Lord, you're leading me, you're guiding me. I'm, I'm declaring in this moment that you are my king. I, I'm not going to sit on the throne because I don't know how to run this kingdom like you do. Because your kingdom is much better than mine. Because I, I remember being lost and broken. And I remember being found and saved and set free. And I want to continue to live in that. It was in 1 Peter 2 that speaks of, of some, some, some of us sometimes some stumbling that happens because they because of disobedience and talks about them them stumbling over the cornerstone. Says, so, but you are not, you you're not like that. He calls us to something different. For you are a chosen people, you are a royal priesthood, you are a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. This may very be one of the most difficult disciplines that we must master to die to self every day. Because our flesh, it it can be relentless, but we must be unmercifully relentless in return when it comes to our flesh. If we wanna be in a position to overcome that temptation, we need Jesus, amen? We, we, we say something, we say it this way, we say we be with Jesus and we become like Jesus and we do what Jesus did. What, is, what does that mean? We, we, we be with Jesus, we spend some time with him through prayer, through scripture, through fasting. Oh God, he said fasting this morning. Lord Jesus, I know it don't look like, but I do fast. <laughs> Come on now. I got to speak the truth up here. We'll talk about it later, Father. So we be, we be with Jesus, we spend time for him. We spend time with him, we give him time. We, we not, and not just time, we give him attention. Because you know, husband, sometimes we can say, babe, I'm gonna give you time, but our mind is somewhere else. It's so funny, me and, me and Christina were sitting at, at uh, okay, I just talked about fasting, but we were at Catfish Parlor yesterday. <laughs> church, I'm starting today, church, I'm starting today. And so we were at Catfish poly yesterday and and, and Christina was telling me about some stuff and I was looking right at her and she stopped, she says, where did you go? And I was like, what do you mean, where did I go? I'm right here, babe. She's like, no, you were, we were talking, you were looking at me, but you weren't here. And I said, I I said, no, I've been here. She's like, but you better quit lying. I said, I I can lie, I'm not in church. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. She she said, boy, you better quit lying. She's like, "Were, were you paying attention to me? I was like, no, okay, I have to admit I wasn't paying attention to you. Right? So when we say spend time with Jesus, we're spending time with Jesus. We're paying attention to him. We're shutting everything off. We're putting everything away. I, one, of the best, one of the greatest advice that I've heard from somebody says, like, man, when you go pray, make sure you have a little list, next, a little notepad next to you. So when, the, when all these things of all the agenda things that, that have to be done that day, they start to pop up, man, you just write them down your list and you keep moving forward. Right, And you focus on God, focus on what he wants, focus on what he's saying. There's a beauty in that relationship that God is waiting for you and he has for you. So we, we're, we're being with Jesus. We become like Jesus. We become part of, of a group, right? Jesus walked around with a group of people. He had 12 dudes that he walked around with that he lived life with and it was it was that was that was his small intimate group But then then there was three but there was even a greater group that he did so we we yield we make time for groups. we serve on a team that's what he did we serve god this is what jesus is, is the example that he set forth this is not just a pastor trying to get you to do something i'm just trying to tell you hey we got to follow the example of who jesus was and this is what he was this is what he did and ultimately we do what jesus did he was a servant he, he, we, we support the church financially because that's, that's what Jesus did. We attend regularly because that's what Jesus did. We just do what he does. What he did, he's he's our example. So we be with Jesus, we become like Jesus and we do what Jesus did. And the the, the amazing thing is, the more we do that, the more we wanna be with Jesus because the things that he starts to do in our hearts and our lives, the things that he starts to work out of us, the victories that that we start to have because of his goodness and his mercy and his grace, because of his power, because of his leading. And it just perpetuates this cycle of us going deeper and deeper and knowing God more and more and him knowing us more and more and us living from glory to glory, to glory, to glory, like, like Scripture says. James, James is calling us to, li- to live a life separate. He's calling us again, like Peter said, he, we're a royal priesthood. We are God's own chosen people. But James seems like he's just getting started here. He goes, he goes on to make this very bold statement. He says, you adulteresses, disloyal sinners flirting with the world and breaking your vow to God. I want to read this passage, this, this passage of Scripture. I want to read it to you. I want to first read it in Spanish. I just want you to feel it. The Bible says this in Santiago 4, 4-6. Adulteros. ¿No se dan cuenta de que la amistad con el mundo los convierte en enemigos de Dios? Lo repito si, si alguien quiere ser amigo del mundo se hace enemigo de Dios Acaso piensan que las escrituras no se significan nada Él dice que Dios desea fervientemente que el Espíritu que puso dentro de nosotros le sean fiel Y él da gracia con generosidad, con como dicen las escrituras. Dios se opone a, las, a los orgullosos, pero da gracia a los humildes. Say, so say amen to that. Amen. I read it to you in the message version, what James is saying here. He says, you're, you're cheating on God. If all you want is your own way, flirting with the world, every chance you get, you end up enemies of God and his way. And do you suppose God doesn't care? Because the proverb has it that he's a fiercely jealous lover. And what he gives in love is far better than anything else you'll find. It's common knowledge that God goes against the willful proud. God gives grace to the willing, humble. Whew. What shall we say of this? God is is saying that we can't be friends with the world? Well, okay, but like friendship? What is friendship? Friendship is is a relationship of mutual affection between two people. It is a stronger form of interpersonal bond than an acquaintance or an association such as a classmate, a neighbor, a coworker, or a colleague how scripture is describing this type of relationship is one that loves the things of the world. There's there's an element of of pride that that begins to seep in. There's an an element of superiority that that begins to to work its way in our hearts and lives, of entitlement. We, we, We can see that. We see that happening right now. We see that thing running rampant right now in this world. Do you have this kind of relationship with the world? And the advantages that it offers, is, is that where your heart posture is this morning? Is that what you seek? This may be a hard pill to swallow. And the last thing that, that we want to do here is venture into the land of legalism. Because, but I refuse to allow us to abide in the land of love as well. Because we always need to keep the truth of Scripture, but it must be wrapped in the love of Christ, or it has the potential of becoming ineffective. Right? It's all about love. Hey, I'm not, you know, hey, man, we just, we just love people. that's all we do, just love people. Go, oh that's good. But, but that's not all. Scripture tells us to do. Nor does Scripture tell us to to start to smack people over the head with the truth. Right? Because that beca- that becomes that becomes legalism. That's bullying. We, we, the, those are two ends of the spectrum. We, we want to we be right in the middle where we speak the truth in love, where, where we, we build relationships, where we wrap our arms around one another. And, and, we allow, and we allow each other to express the hurts that we feel, express the confusion we may have. And then we have a conversation of what Scripture calls it, calls it out, of what Scripture says about it. And we work through it together. We walk in it. There's a lot of people in this world that are living in a confused state, and as a church, we can choose to do one thing or the other. We, we, can, we can choose to be righteously indignant and send them all to hell. Or, we, or we, can, we, can, we can choose to be like, "Hey man, just come on. Everybody, everybody, come on, everybody, come on, you, you can just come here. It's all good. Hey, just hey, just keep trying, dude. We can stand. Where where God is calling us to stand. And again, build relationships. And say, hey, I've noticed something. Can we have a conversation about it? We we talk about maybe some of your life choices. I believe God has something for you. And 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 I think some of the things that you're choosing are hindering those things. And I'd love to have a conversation with you. I'd love to share the truth of scripture with you with the love of God. That's what God is calling us to do. That's what Jesus did. Did he not? <laughs> did, did he not meet people where they were needed? Did he not meet people where their need was and love on them and then, and then, and then show them what the kingdom of God was like? Listen, I, I can, man, I, <laughs> for many years, I lived in this righteous indignant. and It still burns, it still moves in my heart, but, but, but God, church, I, we, we need each other. We need to stand against what, what, the, what the devil is doing, right? We're, we're on the precipice of, of, of choosing and going through uh, the, the politics of choosing a president. And let me tell you something right now, that the devil wants more than anything. He wants to divide the church. And sometimes, sometimes and, and, and listen, I'm, I'm doing this this morning. I'm talking like this, Right? Because sometimes what the what the what the what, sometimes what we do is we 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 put we put words in front of who we are. Oh, I'm I'm a I'm a Hispanic Christian. I'm a Mexican Christian. Oh, I'm 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 a Black Christian. I'm an African American. Oh, I'm a Caucasian Christian. Oh, oh, I'm a I'm a conservative Christian. Oh, I'm you know I'm a, I'm a liberal Christian. You know what, church? We got we got to stop all of that. We, we got to stop all. We got to take all that. You know we are a Christian. We are called by Jesus Christ. That's who we are called by. This is what we are led by. Right here. This book. This book. We didn't make the rules. We didn't didn't make up the rules for for this world. We didn't create nothing. We didn't do any of that. We abide by what the book says, church. And so let's be a church that commits to not let the enemy come in and divide us. But we also have to be a church where we have conversations when the things that we think about and the things that we feel and the things that that we believe are right go against this book. Amen. That that's, that's the church that, that exists in power. That's the church that operates with the authority and the anointing of Jesus Christ. That's the church that he's coming back for a spotless bride. Amen. A redeemed bride, a righteous bride, a bride who's, who lives on scripture, who lives on the word of God, who believes what this says. And even, even when there's some doubt, we work it out amongst each other. But when we present, when we walk out in the world, we walk hand in hand, embracing one another. So we're going to have differences. I guarantee you, we can, we can talk to every person in this auditorium, every person that's watching, and you, there's, a, there's a difference of opinion. I guarantee you that. But we have to take that difference of opinion, and we both have to yield it to what Scripture says. And abide by what the word of God is telling us and how it's calling us to live. It is there. Time is running out. How many people have heard that for years and years and years? It's a true statement, though. We are closer now to, when God, to, to God's return than we ever have been. Time is running out. It's time for the church to, to stop bickering over, over the things that will, that will all fade away. And start to live and look and fight for eternity. There's a a mass of people. I'm feeling this burden, church, in my heart. There is a group of people. There is a multitude that don't know the truth of God and are living in misery. They're smiling on the outside, but they're living in misery because they don't know the truth of Jesus Christ. And if we don't go take that, and if we don't go share the gospel, if we don't show them what the love of God is, then nobody else will. And they're going to go to hell, and that's the reality of it. That's the truth. That's the gospel. That's how we have to live our lives. That's why James is telling him, you're man, you're being selfish. You're being rotten. You're being immoral. You're walking in lust. You're fighting all the time. And that's not what Jesus Christ came and died for. That's not the church he's coming back for. Do we have this kind of relationship with the world? Is this what, is this where our heart pulls us to? So I propose that there is a way where, where you can align to, into the, to the light and the truth of Scripture. It's the posture and the desire of our heart. It's a way, right? Because Proverbs 4.23 tells us, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Proverbs 14.30 tells us that a heart, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envies, but envy rots the bones. David said, create in me a pure heart, O Lord. Church, it's not that it's hard or painful to serve God and the world. It's impossible. It's not that it's hard. It's not that it's painful to serve God and the world. It's impossible. God doesn't take back seat, church. God doesn't sit second fiddle. He is either Lord of your life or he's not. That's it. I always think it's interesting when going through the, the, the Bible, I read through, I read through scripture with the Bible app. I love it. I encourage you to do it. As, as I read through, as read through the Old Testament, and you're just like, oh, my gosh, Israel. How do you not get it? Like, like come on, like like we're standing in the front of the Red Sea. You got the Egyptians about to kill you. There's a big pillar of fire that comes down. The Lord splits the Red Sea. You're walking through dry ground. He didn't make you walk through the mud. It was underwater. It's just the, the little things, you gotta catch that in scripture. But it's like how you see all these things happen, he provides manna for you in the morning. You get all upset because you want meat. He puts two feet of quail as far as the eye can see. He brings water from the rock. He provides shade for you in the heat of the day and a pillar of fire to, to warm you in the cold of the night, and yet you still are adulterous? You still fall to, to worship the gods of Baal and, and Moloch and all these things and these, attest, these detestable things that these gods require of you? You, you? you fall, you succumb to these demonic spirits. It's the church. We've got to call it what it is. And what Satan wants you to do is what Satan wants this morning for you, for you is, is to feel the condemnation. It's, 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 to, it's to feel, oh, oh my God, I'm, 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 a, I'm, I'm so bad. I'm not worthy of it. No, that's, that's, that's the devil. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Because we see in the entirety of Scripture that Jesus, he comes not to bring condemnation but redemption to his people. He abounds in grace and offers sweet mercy. And so when I I read those scriptures and I see Israel, but then I have to look at myself and I'm like, man, you know what, Lord, I I repent. (laughs) Lord, I repent for doing the same thing. I I repent for for being selfish. I, 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 I admit that God worked pride and legalism out of me a long time ago, and I refuse to go back to that. God is working in my heart and my life, and I'm loving every minute of it. And I'm so excited about it. And, man, I just want you to come along with the journey. I want you to experience God the way I'm experiencing God right now. I want him to change your heart and change your life. And it's our choice. And what the enemy wants to do, what Satan wants to do is distract you and keep you siloed. In, in his little world, I want you to break free of that because, listen again, listen to me. The God has come to bring redemption. He comes and he gives grace. He abounds in love. His mercy is sweet. But we have to humble ourselves. James goes on to say this. submit, your, submit so, so submit to the authority of God. Resist the devil. Stand firm against him and he will flee from you. Come close to God. With a contrite heart, and he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your unfaithful hearts, you double-minded people. Be miserable and grieve and weep over your sin. Let your foolish laughter be turned to mourning and your reckless joy to gloom. Humble yourselves with an attitude of repentance and to insignificance. In the presence of the Lord, and He will exalt you. He will lift you up, and He will give you purpose. A major step in repentance is to stop doing what you're repenting from. (laughs) You can't can't come and repent about something today, and then and then do it this afternoon. (laughs) Come on, church. Can't come and repent about something today, and then do it tonight or do it tomorrow. Come on, church. Quit operating in your own power and your own strength. God, God is more than enough for you. Amen? Amen. Operate in the strength of God. Operate in the will of God. And let me tell you something. If that's what's happening to you, if that's the life you're living, my God, you need a group more than you need a group. I mean, you just need a group of people. You, uh, that, when something like that is going on in your life, there, there's that one: one, you're either by yourself and you're trying to do this thing alone, or two, you're in a group but you're lying. You're not being honest because you're fearful of something. You're fear. You, you have you have the fear of being judged. You have the fear of being ostracized. You have the fear of being kicked out because maybe it's happened to you before. I'm telling you right now, that's a lie of the devil. That's a lie of the devil. This church is, we want to be a church where we receive people. We have conversations. And and I'll say it like the Lord said it. Let he who has no sin cast the first stone. Everybody, let's put our rocks down. (laughs) Major step in repentance is stop doing what you're repenting from. Be remorseful for, for those decisions. Fall before the feet of the, 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 the foot of the cross and receive the grace, receive the salvation, receive the mercy that God so graciously gives. Maybe a reason why you're not hearing God or you're not seeing God move in your life is because you've chosen to ignore the requests of the Holy Spirit. We were in a group the other day, and I asked—I I asked them on, on Monday. We have the on Mondays. We have the way and Kyle come on and be a part of it. It's at the office. I asked them Monday. I said, "What was the last time the, that you heard the Holy Spirit ask you to give something up?" Just recently, the Holy Spirit asked me to give up a few things, and I and I said yes. I said okay. When was the last time the Holy Spirit asked you to give something up? Ask you, ask you, ask you. Hey, I want I want to, I want to, I want to go deeper with you. I want to have a more intimate relationship with you. But, but there are some things that are hindering our relationship. Maybe the Holy Spirit's been asking you to give something up, but you, you stopped listening. <laughs> you, you, you've, been, you've been pushing back on that. The Holy Spirit's asked you to stop, stop an indulgence that, that, that you enjoy. We need to pay more attention to what the Holy Spirit is asking us to do than what our flesh is requesting. And that decision over and over again to do, to follow our flesh, to do what what this thing wants is is silencing the Holy Spirit. It's drowning it out. You may have heard this before, that that prayer is to the Spirit of God as water is to the flesh. We need it. We have to spend time in prayer. We have to spend time seeking God's face. There's a ton of apps, a ton of ways to do it. Find one that you like and do it. James used this term double-minded in chapter one saying, are you thinking that you can serve both God and the world? And to that person, he says, you shouldn't expect anything from God. You guys come up here. Let's Let's start to get ready for a moment where we can respond to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in this room. What I hope you've heard today, what I hope you're hearing today is that God loves you. And he is pursuing you. And he wants more for you. But sometimes we get in our own way by the decisions that we make. Because we choose to live our own lives. Because we choose to be in selfishness. Because we choose the things that we want. I I already already went to the cross. I already received my salvation. I'm good. You may not be as good as you think you are. What happens at the foot of the cross, if you didn't hear me before, is that there is an abdication of the throne. You are no longer Lord of your life. God is. And if he's Lord of your life, then we yield to what he wants to do. What he's saying. What he's calling us to. But we have to believe that what he said is real. We have to believe that what he's saying is truth. As as we get ready to to worship the Lord and respond. I I just want you to understand how desperately we need Jesus. I need Jesus, church. I'm a wretched man without him. I've lived a portion of my life without Jesus. It's not good. I need him every day. And church, if I need him, I know you need him. If I need Jesus and I work with a bunch of Christians, I know you need him when you're out there working in the world. And I I want you to hear that. But I don't want you just to hear that. I want you to recognize your need for Jesus this morning.